Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Bruce Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Bruce Chris that Oilers now sent you. Every Monday and Wednesday, we are joined on Oilers Now by our NHL insider, John Shannon. It's brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on 24-7 service and repairs. As we welcome back to the show on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you doing? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. So before we get to CBA stuff and uh, a thought on one of my favorite movies, which is a total curveball for you today, I just want to get your feelings. Uh, we're having a bit of a conversation about Leon Dreisaitl. On this date, uh, two years ago, he scored twice. The Oilers beat Minnesota 7-2, and Leon finished with 37 goals in the final 54 games that season. Uh, number one, is he a top five player in the NHL for you? He's right now, absolutely, and I think that, was, and I think he is for most people. When you consider, he's the Hart Trophy winner, uh, and uh, in many ways, you have to wonder if he would be even getting more acclaim if it's possible, if Connor wasn't on the team. Now that's not realistic, but uh, the fact that the Oilers have a one-two punch like that, and and probably do have two of the top five players in the league, is uh, is a fascinating uh, thing to see. Now, comparable what, to what we saw in the 80s. It's comparable to what we saw in the 80s with uh, 99 and 11. All right. So let's uh, how about, let's do, for our younger listeners, let's do a little bit of a history lesson here. Nobody who saw Mark Messier play in his first couple of years in the NHL thought that he was going to turn out to be the Mark Messier that he became. Is that fair? Totally fair. Oh, no, one guy, Glenn Sather. Right. Ben Sader was the one guy who thought he was going to be great and, and showed unbelievable patience with him those first two seasons. Like I thought Leon, and I've mentioned this to you before, uh, when I spoke to Corey Cluston when he was coaching in Prince Albert, I said, I, well, you know, I, I think what I'm seeing here, I could see a 20 to 25 goal, you know, 65 to 75 point guy that, you, you know, you got Nugent Hopkins as a first line center and Settle as a second line center. That was in Leon's draft year. And Corey said to me, Bob, don't underestimate this guy. He's going to be better than you think. At what point did Leon start to sort of awaken you, John, to the reality of how good he was going to become? Well, I mean, you, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the goals two years ago, the amount of goals he scored in the last 54 games. Uh, to me, the, the question was never physical. To me, it was never about his passing or about his shot. It was between the years. And whether he was convinced that he could be, in his own right, a star in this league. Uh, and it, whether it was, and I don't know how to define it, whether it was confidence, whether it was insecurity, whether it, his own belief that he, he, in order to be great, he had to play with Connor. Um, but 
every coach, and I want to talk about every coach. I mean, he really only had two in the NHL prior to uh, to Dave. But if you if you talk quietly to Todd or to Ken Hitchcock, uh, the biggest issue for them was uh, Leon's mental state. Everybody saw the tools. Everybody everybody saw what he could do. Um, but he used to sulk. He used to get mad when he didn't play with Connor. He used to get mad if he didn't have three good shifts in a row. Uh, and and I think what happened last season it was that he grew up a lot. And I think you have to give you know McClellan and, and Hitchcock some credit, but you really have to give more to Dave Tippett, who was able to get him over that hump. Um, and, and really, when you look at it, uh, Bob, it was it was around this time when the when the hockey club uh, was was truly struggling. Yep. And remember that game just after Christmas. The, was it five one to Calgary? They lost five one. Might have been five nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and 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 management called a meeting with Connor and Leon. They called a meeting with both of them, and they sat them down and said, "Okay, enough of this. Enough." You're running your own line. You're running your own line. Deal with it. And they recall the album. Yeah, brought up Well, now you're taking my story away from me. Sorry, John. My apologies. And 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 that that coincided with the recall of Yamamoto, and then the decision to put Yamamoto with Bryce Eichel. And it was almost like there was an epiphany. It was almost like an epiphany that. Man, oh man, I I can do my I I can play my own game. I can use my own line mates, and I can be a better player. And uh, you know, I mean, you pick the date where that occurred. You pick the date where he grew up. But we all knew he had the physical ability, and now we see that he has the mental ability. You know what's kind of funny about it is we're talking, you know, f- five years into Le- uh, Leon's career. And let's circle back to Mark Messier here, because you brought up the comparable, you know, Gretzky and Messier. I believe Wayne made all those guys better, and I believe that Connor. I, I believe if you if you have the right work rate and work ethic, you'll continuously improve. And I think Leon has taken that and and has helped make himself a, a better player. But let's not forget, Messier was a winger. He played a lot with Matty Hagman when the Oilers beat Montreal in '81. Uh, Kenny Linsman, Kenny Linsman got brought in. He played a lot yeah. with Kenny Linsman in the next couple of years, and he got moved to center in '83, '84, which coincided with him winning the Conn Smythe. You know, in, in sort of second line center and taking things on himself. And it, I mean, the Oilers had seven, what turned out to be seven Hall of Fame players on that team. We should not forget that. Yeah. They were already pretty good. This current group isn't there yet, but they are a bet. They were a better team in the second half of the year after they went to those two guys down the middle. Yeah, it, and, and it, you you bring up a really interesting point because I I do think that there are comparisons between the two guys, and and you know, I saw it firsthand, lived it firsthand with 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 Wayne and Mark, and I would tell you that uh, that Wayne certainly led by example. There's no question, but I'll tell you what: if you weren't pulling your weight with Wayne, he was telling you. Certainly, Slats was telling them, but Wayne was telling you too. And Wayne was not afraid to stand up on the bench and yell down the bench, hey, you, you know, blankety blanks, get your act together. Because uh, he could back it up. I think that that, and, and this is not a knock at Connor at all, 
but Connor's a different guy. Connor runs his game a different way. Connor certainly leads by example, but there's a, there's a, a little bit more quiet leadership with Connor, at least the, I think what we've all seen uh, since he came into the league, as opposed to what we saw with with Wayne. John, do you think part of that is even though Wayne constantly underplays how good he was physically? Because he was pretty damn quick. He never got beat because he had great anticipation. He didn't get beat a lot to loose bucks, but he wasn't a freak. Like when you watch Connor on the ice, it's like watching Bo Jackson in his prime running down the. There ain't nobody gonna catch him. You know what I'm saying? And so is, you know, and it's not like like if Connor goes, you know, follow my lead, follow. There's nobody that can do stuff that Connor can do physically. You know no, what I'm saying? No, but, it, no, but it, I, I think, and, and, you know, we've had this discussion many times when, when I was on TV and, and on, on this show, um, is that what, what Connor does is Connor makes it look, look easy. And on top of that, um, like Connor won't flop. And Connor will fight through the check. Even though it is still interference or holding or hooking, Connor will fight through it. And Connor doesn't get near the penalties that he, you know, he deserves. I mean, drawing penalties, and then doesn't complain very much about them. Well, you know what? And God bless him. If something happened bad against Wayne, <laughs> that referee heard about it. That all opposition night. heard about it. And all night. all night. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. Connor is a quiet leader by comparison. I'm not saying he's a quiet leader totally, but by comparison, he's a very quiet leader. And I, I, But I think that comes, and I think you know, we forget how old these guys are, Bob. Yeah. We forget, you know, you know, I mean, I have socks older than Connor. And, 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 we, and, and we forget that, you know, with great ability and great notoriety, leadership takes time still for the great players, and and it, it will come, it will come to an even higher level than it does right now. All right, John, we're going to switch focus. NHL, NHL Pierre, NHL Insider John Shannon again brought to you Mondays and Wednesdays by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on twenty four seven service and repairs. What is the latest that you're hearing at this time? Well, I'm just going to help my friends at Legacy. Things are heating up. Okay, things are heating up. I was told this morning that uh, there's a good chance to expect a very busy week uh, of what the discussions were. They did talk uh, a lot about logistics. Uh, and when I mean logistics, we're talking about schedule length, uh, training camps, timing of issues. They did talk a lot over the weekend, which means that was probably Bill Daly and his group with Don Zavolo, the uh, general counsel for the Players Association, and Matt Schneider. Uh, we do know that Gary and Don Fear have been talking a bit more recently, uh, but there's still no resolution on the financial side uh, when it comes to what, they, what the players feel they agreed to in the summertime. So um, things are starting to roll. I'm not sure at what speed, but I still think we're talking about mid to late January to start the season. John, there are reports that the NBA is going to help assist each of their respective members with basically a line of credit. Is this something that we're going to see come to fruition in the NHL as well? Well, Gary 
has Gary does have a large line of credit. Has had it uh, for the last uh, gosh, I would say eight to ten years. Uh, some some teams have over the years dipped into it and uh, and have had to pay them back. Um, you know, the biggest difference is in order to have a line of credit, you, you need a, a big piece of equity. And the biggest piece of equity that Adam Silver and the NBA has are, are much larger television network deals. Um, so, I'm, I, listen, I'm sure that Gary is in a position to try to help all the owners that need it as much as possible. Let's remember, too, that there will be some money coming into 30 of the 31 teams when it comes to expansion money uh, from uh, from Seattle, uh, you know, in May. So there, 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 are, but that's money that they'd already counted on. But there, it will it will certainly help them for with operating capital. So there is a bit of a cash flow issue, yes. In in both, hey, listen, in all but one of the big four sports, there's cash flow issues in Major League Baseball, cash cash flow issues in in the NBA, and certainly cash flow issues in the National Hockey League. So if Gary has the ability to use that line of credit, I'm sure he will. Television negotiations for a new NHL deal. Is that part of the major driver why you believe it, Gary? Like, we're getting the impression, I keep hearing Gary Bettman really wants to play this year. Is that because he wants to conclude the existing deal and not lose momentum and value for the next deal? I, I think it's. I think those two uh, statements are true. But, but the other thing is, Bob, if, if, the NHL does not have a season. I, I, I don't think it's even possible. I think there will be a season. But if it didn't happen, what the NHL would be forced to do for, with both uh, the Rogers deal and the NBC deal is to roll them over an extra year. And what that would mean is um, there would be less money coming in in the 21-22 season. Uh, and and, and I, when I'm talking less money, it could be as much as $500 million in the United States if the NHL gets it, gets what it wants uh, out of the new deal uh, in the U.S. And it, it would then be a rollover for Sportsnet, and they would actually have it for one more year, six years from now. And that would be an issue as well when it can, considering Canadian rights. They want to get the, they want to keep the contracts in place. They want to keep the monies in place for this year because that, that's what was budgeted and they feel it might compromise future years, yes. Total curveball to conclude with. Have you ever seen the movie No Country for Old Men? The Ages Coen Brothers? Ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if I, yeah. If I gave you a list of your three favorite movies all time, what would you go with? Because I think No North Country... By, North, North, by, North by Northwest. Wow. Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, uh, Citizen Kane. Orson Welles, and I'm going to throw a real curveball at you. It's a it's a, a George Clooney produced movie about 15 years ago, uh, and it was called uh, Good uh, Good Night and Good Luck, and it was the biography of uh, Edward R. Murrow, who was the really the first television journalist in the 50s and took on Joe McCarthy. Uh, in in, uh, in 1954, I believe it was, uh, when uh, when uh, McCarthy was having the hearings and, and the anti-communist feeling in the United States. It's a brilliant movie. 
um, that had, did not get very much uh, acclaim, but it's a it's a great uh, download if you like that type of thing. It's a fascinating movie to if you like, particularly if you like broadcasting as I do. And, well, and here's the interesting th- here's the interesting thing, Bob. I watched all three of them, and they all have something in common. When I watched them first, is they're all in black and white. <laughs> Well, I was going to just just back to the area of uh, McCarthyism. That was a very scary time for a lot of people in Hollywood, wasn't it? Because they had very liberal views, and there seemed to be a interpretation amongst some in the U.S. at that time that, you know, you were a communist if you had liberal view, what we would consider to be center-left views, not even far-left views. Is that a fair assessment of that time? I shudder to think if we had had social media during the days of Joe McCarthy. Wow. wow. It would have been, uh, and, and perhaps is what we're seeing now when people get uh, railroaded into, into positions and railroaded out of jobs uh, because of social media and occurrences. Yeah. Awesome stuff, John. Thanks for your time. We'll hook up Wednesday. You can't hit, you, I can hit the curveball, Bob. I can hit the curveball. I can't necessarily hit the fastball very often, but I can hit the curveball. Uh, wasn't that a movie? Problem with the curve? I'm trying to recall. Maybe that was. <laughs> Anyways. Sure. Clint Eastwood. Amy Adams. There you go. Nice work, John. Take care. See you later. From Legacy Heating and Cooling, courtesy of our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling, our NHL insider, John Shannon. It's 1250 in Edmonton. We're going to get to some of your text. Yes, I'm a big fan of uh, No Country for Old Men. That's a great flick. Uh, we'll get to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, and we'll get an orders prospect report, uh, courtesy of James H. Brown, injury lawyers. Brendan Escott will have that for you all in the next 10 minutes of Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chet. You know, it's funny the direction that the shows end up going, and we've been all over the map. Open with a little bit of you two. Got into some conversation here. Uh, no Country for Old Men, which remi- it remains my favorite Cone movie of all time. Um, and again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh Wow. <laughs> we got some smart listeners to the show. There's no question about that. This text comes in from Todd in Troshu. He says, Bob, no country for old men. For goodness sake, can you explain to us all out there that did not get the ending of the movie? One of the great movies I've ever seen uh, up until about the last five minutes. I still don't know what the hell happened. Uh, from uh, Todd and uh, Troshi. Well, there's like entire dissertations on this. You're not going to hear one on this show. But uh, I think part of it was just Tommy Lee Jones' conversation to himself at the end, which, by the way, he filmed in one take. One take, that's all I needed because he's Tommy Lee Jones. Just the reality and the inevitability of the situation. And that's great flick, man. Uh this text comes in. John Shannon has a great taste in movies, and Bob, No Country for Old Men is a brilliant film based on a great novel. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, did he... uh, Was it Lou Allen, is he saying? I I I didn't think it was Lou Allen was the name of... No, was it not Carla Jane? Uh, Did he kill Carla Jane? We're talking about Anton uh, Shigerth, who is the character played by... 
Javier Bardem. In the book, he did kill her. In the movie, we don't know. That's the beauty of uh, No Country for Old. Brendan, we got to get you to see that flick, man. you got to watch it. Uh, no- uh, you've, you've piqued my interest, Bob. I'm thinking after the Monday Nighter tonight, because it's on my Netflix list. So I'm going to pull the trigger then. It's probably one of my five favorite movies of all time. Probably one of my three favorite. Right up there with The Unbearable Light and the Sabine. <laughs> I mean, how, how often can you go wrong with a, a movie by the Coen brothers? They're a little bit different. They're a little bit odd. I also like The Mission, so... Shows you what I know. Let's get uh, let's get it back on the rails here. This is a hockey show, right? Without any hockey games. As we go into the Oilers Town Prospect Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back in the 630 Chet Studios, the aforementioned Brendan Escott. Okay, maybe no games in our locale, but Carter Savoy, i got to start here. He's got four goals and an assist in his first three games for the Denver Pioneers. This is the Oilers' fifth rounder from this year, and that's coming against some of the top teams in the country. They played Minnesota Duluth, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, who he scored twice against, and then St. Cloud State on Saturday where Savoy scored yet another goal in a 4-3 loss. Uh, so I'll tell you what, Bob, just watching the, these, the video clips of the goals that the team's been putting out on Twitter, a very similar style of goals that he was scoring at the AJHL level. Just stuff from bizarre angles you don't think should have a home in the net, and, and then it does. So excited to see that trajectory. Uh, points in five straight games for Raphael Lavoie over in the All-Svenskin. He had a helper on Saturday in a 4-1 win. He's now up to 7 points in 22 games. Uh, Evan Bouchard played over 26 minutes in the second half of a back-to-back set last night. He managed an assist in a 4-3 overtime win. He's now up to 11 points in his last 10 games, and that's brought him to second in defenseman scoring in the Allsvenskan as well. Bouchard having a, a heck of a season. Uh, Philip Broberg playing right around 20 minutes per night for uh, Shalefti on the SHL to step up. He had an assist on Saturday night. Should be here in Edmonton if for when uh, Team Sweden arrives for the World Juniors and Joachim Nygaard had a two-point effort on Thursday for Farstad to climb to six points in 12 SHL games. Again, that's the Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com into the Ashley Five Floors text line. The Chisler out of Las Vegas. Bob, I'm not a freak, but this text comes to you from a Las Vegas establishment. Blanket over the head staring out the window, sweating uh, profusely. Jack Michaels, Cleveland Browns prevail once again, 9-3. Wow. Steve adds, does the chiseler. Leon was an MVP soon after donning the blue and orange. It's established that Bob Kerbal to the end. I thought Top Gun was your favorite film. Well, maybe back in 1986 it was. One of my favorite films at that time. Uh, Seattle. Things will start to heat up. John Shannon mentioned the basically what is it, fifteen million bucks or so each NHL team receives from Seattle. They say thirty of the thirty-one teams will get expansion money. Vegas will be the only team that does not get expansion money as we get rolling into it. Second hour of the show, we will have Greta Barr orders now trivia at uh, one twenty-five. At one oh five, we're gonna hook up with Harnarayan Singh. Uh, to talk about his book, One Game at a Time, and then Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy, with why maybe the numbers don't tell the whole story regarding the Edmonton Oilers and where they could theoretically fit in an all-Canadian division. At this time, off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.